As I've uh, shared with you already this morning, this will be our last message in the series on uh, become, and it's asking this question, are we becoming what Christ is calling us to be? Uh, the foundational part of this series is, is Paul's urgency for us at the beginning of chapter 12 that says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And he challenges us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. The question for me at the heart of this is, is that Etna Green Church of Christ, a place and people in which I can become more like Christ. If we are not that community, then we certainly need to take a long look at ourselves and say, what is it that we're doing and how are we being shaped? Are we looking just like the world or is God working in us through his spirit, transforming us into his image? Am I open to this idea? And so this morning, as I sort of wrap up uh, kind of uh, where we've been and where we're going, I just really want to land the plane on a really challenging thing, and that is where Paul lands the plane in chapter 12. And that is this sort of journey that we are on, and where we started was this, the sort of loving of others. Like, if I say, hey, you need to love your church family, it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. And then it, it gets increasingly a little bit more involved, doesn't it? So it's a call to faithfulness. It's a call to perseverance and enduring in our faith. And then it's he starts heading for our pocketbooks, and he says, okay, I want you to care for and meet the needs of each other. And now it's kind of like, okay, you're stepping on my toes a little bit, Paul. And he invites us to a life of hospitality and opening our lives up to others. And if you're tracking along with what Paul's doing, I think he's increasingly challenging us down a path towards self-denial. He's, he's continually challenging us and leading us ultimately to wherever anyone has ever decided to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, Jesus sets the record pretty clear what it means to follow him. He says, come, follow me, deny yourselves, take up your crosses, and follow me. The trajectory of the Christian life, don't let this be any, you know, like we get a lot of different messages around what Christianity is about. The trajectory of the Christian life following Christ leads you to the cross. It leads you to denial and taking up the cross of Jesus Christ. It is not a life to convenience. It's not a life of status. It's not a life of success. It's not a life of stature and ease. It is a life of sacrifice. It's a life of opening our hands and our homes and our hearts to being hospitable people who are open to God and what he's doing. And so the challenge of this series is asking the question, am I becoming Christ-like? Am I hospitable? Am I humble? Am I honoring God with my life? And so as I wrap up things and land the plane, the challenge is, are you leading a life that takes you to the cross? Are you following Jesus all the way home? Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this morning. And uh, the, the challenge that Christ gives us in following him is clear. Uh, Lord, that it's not a life of convenience. It's not a life of status and importance. 
uh, but it's a life of self-denial and trusting in you. And so, God, this morning as we open your word and we think about our lives and how we've conformed often to the patterns of the world, Lord, would your spirit please work in us now. We invite you to work in our hearts now. to Challenge us, challenge our convictions, challenge our conveniences, challenge the way that we've sort of maybe neglected our faith in you. Open our hearts and our minds now to see what you see in us and draw us to you. Lord, we want to follow you all the way to the cross because we know that true life is on the other side of it, that you are victorious over sin and death, and that there is life in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so we seek you with all that we are and all that we have to glorify you, trust you, and walk with you today. We love you, God. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. If you will uh, then please uh, pick up with me here in Romans 12, and we'll pick up in Romans 12, 17. He says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The Christian life is impossible without Jesus. The Christian life is impossible without the resurrection of Christ. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, all of this doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But because we believe that Jesus is alive and is also alive in us, we are empowered as his children to live a faithful life in Christ through his spirit. These are sort of foundational things. Things for us that we sort of build our lives from. When we live a posture of uh, that we need to be good people in the world and we got to strive to be good, it can feel overwhelming. It, I have lived a good portion of my life trying to be a good person through my good efforts and good deeds. I've failed miserably. Through my own power, through my own strength, trying to overcome evil with good is an impossible task. But because of what I firmly believe foundationally in who Jesus is, because of the eight weeks or so that we spent talking about how we belong to Christ, I live my life now, or I try to, live my life out of the posture of knowing that I belong to Jesus, that I belong to him, that nothing's going to separate me from the love of God through Christ Jesus our Lord. Because of Romans 8, I can have confidence today that I can face the challenges of this text because what Paul calls us to is something far beyond our ability and strength, but because of the Spirit of Christ that raised him from the dead is also alive in me and alive in you, then I can be a force for good in the world, and it's not me that's the force of good. It's Jesus in me. 
the good that is in me is Christ who is alive. And the kindness and the grace and the mercy and the love that I experience in my life and that I share with others is a direct result of Christ being in me. In those rare moments when you're nice people, that's Jesus in you too. All right. It's Christ working in you. You feel his conviction, you feel his care, you feel his mercy, you feel his love. That love that you share in the world is Christ in you. And so for us, I really want to make sure we understand where we've been in Romans. And it's all rooted in what Jesus has done for us to help us to belong, to allow us to belong. His forgiveness, his propitiation of sins, his grace to us is a grace that binds us together as the family of God. We are adopted children of God. We belong as his children because we believe Jesus to be Lord. We've died to our sins and we're alive to Christ through our baptism. We join with Jesus in a death like his that we might live a life like his. We don't go on sinning so that grace may increase. We don't go on living lives untransformed. Rather, we live our lives rooted and established in the power of the resurrection. When we follow Jesus, when we choose to follow Jesus, we decide today that we're no longer going to be conformed to the world. But we realize the great difficulty. If the path towards Jesus is self-denial, I'll tell you, the world wants to conform us to not self-denial, but what is it that I can do for myself? The series has asked for you to love one another. It's a call for you to trust in Christ. This series has asked of you to be hospitable and to open your home and live a generous life of self-denial. And the path is an inevitable, inevitable conclusion is that we are all being led towards the cross. The trajectory of the Christian life is self-denial. But the world, it tells us that self-denial is not the path towards the best life. The world has slogans for us to live by. Be all that you can be. Find your true self. Deny yourself nothing. Get what you want, when you want it, as fast as you want it, as cheap as you want it. The world says deny yourself nothing. But the transformative work of God invites us to deny ourselves everything to find our true life in God. On our own, this is impossible, but with Christ, true contentment is possible. We love to take Philippians 4.13. You probably have it memorized. I can do what now? All things through Christ who gives me strength. And that is so that you can store, score touchdowns in football games. Like, that's all that is about. What does Paul talk about before he tells us, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength? He says, I know what it is. I know what it is to have much. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to be imprisoned and beaten. I know what it is to have plenty. The, the power of Christ is for contentment. Christ working in us is leading us towards self-denial, finding true contentment and peace in God. On our own, a life of self-denial is impossible. There are too many pressures for us to not deny ourselves. I can barely avoid the second slice of pie at Thanksgiving. 
You know, how do I deny myself and think of others if I can't, you know, let go of just one slice of pie, right? Did anybody else struggle with that? I guess I'm the only person who struggles in this world. The point of Philippians 4.13 and the point of this is that through Christ, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we would have peace and contentment to know what it is to have little, to know what it is to have much, but to know that we have everything we need in Jesus Christ. He is our guiding strength. And so when I say, let's follow Jesus all the way to the cross, let's follow the way of Jesus who does not retaliate and seek revenge, but lays down his life as a ransom for many. We belong to Jesus. When we belong to him, we become a people who are transformed into a people who trust in the goodness of God. And that's what this whole series is all about, is would you trust in the goodness of God? Can you trust God? Can you trust that his goodness is greater than the evil of the world? Can you trust that God is faithful towards us? Can you trust in God's mercy and love and his kindness for you? Can we trust God? And so Paul, I think, as one who trusts in God, challenges us and says, based on everything we know, in view of his mercy, in view of our belonging to Christ, in view of knowing that nothing can separate us from God, how now do we face evil? How do we face trouble? How do we face hardship? How do we face suffering? How do we live as Christ followers in a world filled with brokenness? How do we live faithfully? Paul encourages us to persevere, to stay strong, to keep listening to sermons and don't give up. Wait, he didn't say that exactly, but he says, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. Disciples do not repay evil with evil. He says that we need to be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. At first glance, it feels like Paul's contradicting himself. Like, are we supposed to be worried what everyone thinks of us? And in a way, Paul says, we don't need to be worried about what they think of us, but they do need to see a testimony of what we believe. We need to be faithful witnesses to Christ. He says in 2 Corinthians 8.21, for we are taking pains to do what is right, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but also in the eyes of many. We have to be aware that our actions matter, that they are a testimony of our character and a reflection of our Christ. The world is watching Christians. They are watching us and they are wondering, do we live what we believe? Do we, do we walk the walk and talk? Do we talk the talk and walk the walk? We say that uh, that is why if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live a life of peace. When we don't behave well, that becomes a reflection of the Jesus we love. And there are people who dismiss Christ because of the character of Christians. If we feel like it's not important that we just, I, I'm saved, I'm good, and I'm just in the heavenly waiting room, but we aren't concerned about the character within ourselves, we're missing the mark. Paul is challenging us and saying, we're not going to just join evil with evil, we're not going to repay, we're going to practice what we preach, we're going to follow the example of our Savior who lays down his life. We are going to deny ourselves. 
we're going to follow Christ. Disciples live at peace in this world. We are peacemakers. We are peace givers. We do not take revenge, but we leave room for God's wrath. Because God says, it's mine to revenge, I will repay. This is the hardest thing. Because I want revenge. I have two brothers. I want things to be even, fair. I want things to be just. I want things to be my way. I want to control everything. I want outcomes. I want things the way I want them to be. And when they're not the way that they should be, I want them to be righted. I know that's familiar. Familiar territory for those of us who grasp for control. And what Paul is saying is we need to let that go. We need to trust that God is in control. That God cares for us. That God will get his way in the end. Will God get the outcome that God wants? Can you trust him? It's a challenge and it stepped on all of your toes just based on your response to me right now. God is calling us, God is calling us to truly look at the world and say, I'm not going to take revenge. I'm not going to do eye for eye and tooth for tooth. I'm not going to practice what was acceptable before. I'm going to lay my life down. I can trust that God's goodness is greater than the evil in the world, and I can be that good because Christ is in me. Jesus on the cross endures suffering before in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's praying. His disciples are all sleeping. He, he, he would uh, say, hey, guys, wake up, and they would fall back to sleep. And he's pouring out blood, and they're like, oh, we'll get to praying later, Jesus. You know, A troubling scene, but the heart of Jesus' prayer is, God, would you take this cup from me, but not my will, your will be done. That we would trust in God for his outcomes, even though we face suffering and difficulty, that Christ would lead us. Disciples trust that God will bring peace and justice in the end. And so we love our enemies. We respond out of that trust and we say, you know what? Our response then is, on the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, you feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Burning coals is an unusual phrase. You know, you, you say it all the time, right? Let's heap some burning coals on our head. Uh, best guess is that Paul is saying that through our kindness and love, we will bring a sense of conviction of conscience. You know when you've been convicted of something that you have to change or repent, you have to do something. I think there's burning coals on your head when you're convicted in conscience. It's on your mind. You'll do uh, if you. Um, it's on your mind until you do something. You can to stop thinking about it. You can't feel anything else. So if you have burning coals on your head, like you would respond to it. And so when you get convicted of conscience, Paul is saying that in our love for our enemies, in our care for them, and feeding them, and heaping kindness on them. We will convict their conscience. We're called to be a blessing in this world. We're called to love our enemy. We go to the cross of Jesus, who when there on his cross, his first words were to offer the forgiveness of, of their sins, who says of the people who have beaten him, mocked him, 
and scorned him, Jesus says, forgive them, they do not know what they are doing. He heals the soldier's ear who captured him. We lay down our lives to lift others up. We feed, care for, and we help our enemies. Those who hate us, we love, and we do good toward. Practical application. Driving down the road. Somebody cuts you off. Instead of giving them a finger for direction, instead, roll down your window. And you all try this and see what happens. It might create more rage. I don't know. You just say, bless you. You are forgiven. Just give it a try. You know, just think about it next time. So, how do we love our enemies? When we feed them, we care for them, we look for opportunities to bless and love them. Disciples triumph by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We are a people who live under the conviction that we belong to God and nothing will separate us from Him. And because we have that conviction and foundation that the resurrected Lord is alive in us, we have a testimony that is firm and true. And the world will say, don't deny yourself anything, choose your own path, seek what will make you the happiest, do all of these things, and maybe you'll find satisfaction. Until you find your true self, will you be the most satisfied? And Jesus, he's standing on the other side of all of this, and he says, the very best life is a life of laying it down. That the least are the greatest. That it's the humble who are lifted up. And I have to ask you to do something really hard. I have to ask you to trust that that's true. To believe God. That the best life is found in the least. That the most significant is in the insignificant. And so Jesus challenges us to follow him all the way to the cross. And Paul says it this way, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Evil is overcome by the goodness of God. We trust in Jesus, and we share him with the world. We, we can overcome because of the goodness of God that is in us. In Revelation uh, chapter 12, people are celebrated for their faithful witness. And it is said of them that they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. It was a fancy way of saying they did not deny Jesus, nor did they choose a life of self-gain and self-promotion. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. They followed the Lamb all the way to the cross. In 1 John 4, you dear children are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And John says later in 1 John, for everyone born of God overcomes this world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Who is it? 
only the ones who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Peter was uh, perhaps the most relatable of disciples, apostles. Peter would say good things and then do dumb things. The life of a preacher, particularly this one. Peter said he wouldn't deny Christ, and of course we know the story that he did. And Peter had an interaction with Jesus after the resurrection, and he restores Peter. And Jesus, a third time, spoke to Peter in John 21, 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Each time Jesus, uh, Peter said, I love you, he said, feed my sheep, take care of my lambs. And he says again, feed my sheep. Jesus restores him to ministry and he says, go to work loving my people. But then he tacks on this challenge. Not so much a challenge as much as a warning. That if you keep loving me and keep following me and you keep caring for others, this is what's going to happen. This is the trajectory of your life if you choose to love me. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you to where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter says, I love you, Jesus. And Jesus doubles down and says, if you love me, you're going to care for others all the way to the cross. He says that to you and me. That we would overcome evil by good. That we would not heap revenge on others, but rather we would heap blessing. All the way to self-denial and a true life. That real life is found in denying self all the way to the cross. Will you trust God you believe in his goodness? Will you overcome evil with the good of Christ in you? Let's pray. God, thank you that we belong to you today through the faithfulness, love, and kindness, and mercy, and grace of Jesus Christ. Thank you today that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive in us, and it's transforming us and renewing us. Lord, Help us to consider who we are becoming. Will we be a community together that seek you, seek your heart, seek your will, that we would be a community that denies self, that we would humble ourselves, that we would honor one another above ourselves, that we would follow Christ in the path towards self-denial. God, your goodness, your faithfulness, your kindness, your son, Jesus, has overcome the world, has overcome death, has overcome sin. 
And today, God, I just pray that you would rejuvenate our hearts, that you would convict us again, Lord, to be kind and gracious, to be humble in heart. Lord, that we would spend our days together lifting one another up in love. Lord, give us enemies to love. Let's not fall into the paths of vengeance. Let's not be filled with hate. For people on our path today to love, care for, and heap blessings on. Lord, the world is watching and it's ready to look and judge you by the character of our hearts and our actions. Let us not join evil with evil. Let us be a light in darkness. Lord, as we anticipate Christmas, as we celebrate the arrival of your Son, let us be a people of peace in this world, knowing that you are good and trusting in you. Thank you for your kindness to us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You stand in response with us. Thank you. 